2: gentlemen live from the west coast it's time for ring talk live Worldwide, your inside look into combat sports so let it be written
3: so let it be done
2: brought to you by the wbo the world boxing organization pull up some dust and sit down and now the host of the longest running fight show in radio and internet
4: history i am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior i engaged in
2: Pedro Fernandez. My advice to you, start drinking heavily.
5: Damas y caballeros, bienvenidos. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. 37 years of radio. Welcome to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Of course, celebrating almost four decades of radio now. Coming to you from the city by the bay, the sports byline headquarters in San Francisco, California. This is Ring Talk often imitated, but never duplicated. Check it out. We've got two hours. of rocking and rolling today on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, channel 211. Of course, Twitch.tv, the Sports Byline USA channel. So we got it rocking and rolling, all kinds of different angles going today. Of course, we'll hear from the Godfather, the retired HBO Godfather, Mr. Larry Merch will be here in a little while. We'll talk about Panama Lewis. Who is Panama Lewis? He was a man that took the stuffing out of the gloves that Billy Collins faced when he took on Luis Resto. In other words, not only did he have to fight a guy, but he fought a guy that didn't have any padding in his gloves. All the padding was taken out of his gloves. It ruined Billy Collins' life. He would die less than a year later. Bottom line is, Panama Lewis was basically a guilty of attempted murder. He did spend 18 months in jail, but the bottom line is, It wasn't enough. And, of course, he passed away this weekend, and everybody's getting on me for getting on him, for calling him the Charles Manson of boxing. But what else can you call a guy that actually gets this? Get this. They wrap the guy's hands up in hand wraps, right? But one of the hand wraps was a cast, plaster of Paris. So you get the Athletic Commission to come over and look at the hand wraps, and and they touch the hand wraps and yeah, they're okay. Then he wets them down, and they become casts like 20 minutes later. I kid you not. This man was a creep. The Charles Manson of Boxing, no doubt about that. And guess what? If there is a hell, you know Panama Lewis is there. Next up on Ring Talk Live Worldwide, the retired HBO Godfather Larry Merchant. Taking us to break, one of my good friends, Lenny Williams. I
3: that could happen in a special way. I wish I made. I wish I may.
7: airline tickets book a flight today to london paris madrid or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed call the international travel department
1: right now at low-cost airlines 800-754-4531 800-754-4531
8: 800-754-4531 that's it at 28 i had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober, and all it took was the one phone call.
1: That's
2: 800-403-5912. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. You're so wonderful. You're so
5: marvelous. I'm talking about my next guest, of course, the retired HBO godfather, Mr. Larry Merchant. And how are you this morning, sir? Uh, I'm getting along. You're um... wonderful and marvelous. Well, we, we we're seeing blue skies,
9: which is uh, a first uh, during the fire explosion up up where you live. Yeah, and but I'm still sad about R.B.G. Yeah, and the I'm, news.
5: I'm glad that you brought that up right away. And will you can you expand on that, please? The passing of, of course, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Can you expand on that for me, Larry? Well, there's a little something personal.
9: She went to a a high school in in Brooklyn that was a few miles away from me, Madison High School. My father-in-law went to that high school. I played football against that high school, so there was some distant connection. But she was an extraordinary person. And uh, a heroic figure to a lot of people. And how many people ever achieved that, that kind of status that she had? And, but more than the status, the, the kind of things that she, uh, the kind of wrong things that she turned right mm-hmm. in our society.
5: You know, I, I I have a young lady that's a um, that's a friend. My best friend's daughter is going to college in in Southern California, and I, and I told her that if there was a couple of people you need to look up to, it was Miss Ginsburg and of course Kamala Harris because she looks like Kamala. But but I, I told her this, and and she said to me, "Really?" And she said, "Yeah." So then she became a Ginsburg freak, and her father was telling me she's all into, you know, the the now deceased. Um, Supreme Court justice, but on to a more positive note, did you get to watch any of the fights last night? Uh, no. You didn't miss nothing? That's, that's, I,
9: I read the, the results and the reports, and uh, it sounds that way. Okay.
5: Um,
9: <clears throat> In fact, my wife wanted to watch a uh, an RBG documentary that was on at roughly the same time,
5: and uh, that's what we watched. Okay. Um, I'm going to switch gears here a little bit. I've been taking a lot of heat because I went after Panama Lewis, who passed away this weekend. Of course, uh, 74 years old, a trainer out of uh, Panama originally, but but bottom line is he's worked with some superior guys, and Mike Tyson and Roberto Duran and people like that. And of course, he was the man in Aaron Pryor's corner when Aaron Pryor busted up Alexis Arguello as bad as he did in that fight in 1982. And, of course, the following year, he was involved in the Luis Resto corner, and I didn't find this out until yesterday because I studied most of that trial, but what he did was he brought some plaster apparel from a medical supply house, and he wrapped it around the ha- Resto's gloves, and then he wrapped regular hand wraps over that. So when the, the athletic commission came over and inspected the wraps, they said, yeah, they're okay. So then he took a, hot, a cold water bottle and made these things wet, and they turned into casts, And in addition, he took the stuffing out of the gloves. Of course, Billy Collins was dead about a year later, of course, in an automobile accident. But his vision was blurred. He was permanently injured from that. Uh, Panama wouldn't go on trial until three years later. He would eventually spend 18 months in jail. And I think Luis Resto spent some time as well. But imagine that godfather scheming enough to wrap somebody's hand up in a plaster of Paris wrap. I mean, that's the creepiest stuff. That's That's Charles Manson
2: stuff.
9: Yeah, that's not an accident that happened in the ring. Um, and, of course, we caught him on HBO when I
5: forget the fight. The bottle. I'm sorry? You talking about the magic bottle? Give yeah, the special no, mix. not
9: that bottle. The, the, the other bottle, you <clears throat> yeah. know. Um, I I don't know if he called it magic bottle or not. No,
5: he, could say, he said the one I mixed, the one I mixed.
9: Right, you're correct, sir.
3: Yeah. And,
9: and uh, listen, boxing... It sort of fits in in some freaky way with, you know, how people view um, boxing and and all of the underhanded things that can happen and so on. Uh, but he was caught. He was nailed, and um, you know, y- I haven't heard of anyone since that's been. Uh, that's even accused a of trying anything like that. You, you know,
5: <clears throat> we were in Philadelphia,
9: and by the way, I found out that what what he had in the uh, in the other bottle, yeah, was a mixture of uh, I think it was orange juice and cocaine.
5: I, I you know what? And, and somebody else told me it was a it was an asthma medicine. That asthmatics take that he liquefied it, he broke the pills up, and he made it into liquid, and they drank it, and it opened up their lungs a little bit more. I mean, this this he was like the mad scientist of boxing.
9: Yeah, well, I guess that's
5: why he got uh, he got work in New York. You, you know, he um he was banned in every state but Philadelphia, and I never in, in Pennsylvania, and I never understood that. And of course, he got to work the Mike Tyson Buster Mathis fight, and that's where he and I. Came, I mean, Godfather. We came within a whisker of going to blows. I pushed him away, and mm-hmm. Don King said to me, "Hey, hey, hey! No, I was ready to go at him because I, I had a hot byline back then, and I had written what a creep that he was. I mean, I had written about his about his crimes. He was a criminal. He was a out, outlaw criminal, and went to jail for it." And he tried to come at me and said, ne- I never did anything wrong. I mean, can you imagine him telling me that in public, out in front of people, I never did anything wrong? I wanted to, I, I hate to say it, well, I wanted to slap him. You know him. what,
9: maybe where he grew up, uh, being able to put one over was the, was the right way to live.
5: Well, you know, <clears throat> you know, what's sad about this is that is that Arguello and I spent some time together and we talked about it, and Arguello said to me, you know, Pedro, in 90 fights I never got busted up like that, ever. Ever, ever, I got busted up. And what happened to the gloves, Pedro? What happened to the gloves? The gloves disappeared when they took them off Pryor's hands, Godfather. In other words, of all the fights you maybe want to save your boxing gloves from, okay, you have this big monumental fight in 1982, the fight of the year and everything, and your boxing gloves disappear in the ring that night. I mean, that stinks, dawg. That stinks.
9: Yeah, you know the other thing I remember about that night, Pedro? Huh? Uh... Maybe just before the main event, I'm not sure, I interviewed Henry Armstrong. Wow. Henry Armstrong was there in Miami. He was a preacher and, um, of course, one of the great-greats.
5: Wow. Was, you know, I I was around Kid Gavilan, obviously one of the greats too, but not like Armstrong. And he, um, how can I put this? He was pretty much gone at that point in time. Was Armstrong still somewhat uh, lucid?
9: Oh yeah, he he could talk the talk.
5: 152 wins, 22 losses, 101 knockouts. Only stopped twice. Oh my God, Homicide Hank—that's what they called him. I never got this. I I never I never met him. I I mean, he he died in 1988. I, I never got. I never was fortunate enough to meet him. But you say he he could talk the talk all the way up to the end, huh?
3: Yep.
9: If he was, if he couldn't, he was, he was uh, masquerading pretty well.
5: Uh, a little kid Gavilan story. Before we go to the break, I made the mistake. Listen, they tell you on television to never give a kid or uh, don't have kids on, don't have animals on. Okay, the third, <laughs> the third one is don't give old boxers a microphone. Because I gave this guy a microphone down there in Miami, like in around nineteen ninety nine two thousand somewhere around there, and he went off, and nobody he was punchy and nobody could understand what he was saying, all nine yards. I had to almost forcibly take the microphone, but you, I never did I never committed that error ever again Oh uh, I never had that experience. lucky, you Godfather because no, i was I was panicking <laughs> I want to get. into it, the retired HBO Godfather comes back after the break. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look in the world of boxing and MMA. If you'd like to join Larry, you can on the toll free 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. Or shoot us a text here in the studio. The text line, 415-275-1613. The text line, once again, 415-275-1613. The Godfather of Soul, JB, to the break. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. <laughs>
1: Again, that's 800-516-2499. Paid for by Final Expense Direct.
2: I grew up uh,
5: thinking in positive thinking. Dale Carnegie was one of my mentors, of course, the late, great Dale Carnegie. He used to say, he who fails to plan is planning to fail. Well, how about Al Heyman coming back with a September 26th pay-per-view card featuring the Charlo brothers? Now, I got no problem with that, but pay-per-view, he had just two weeks to lay this out to the public, and they put it on pay-per-view for $74.95. Now, that's probably not a card I'll be fine buying. I'll probably be watching it on YouTube. Larry Al Heyman, the master uh, showman, not all that sharp. I mean, just two weeks to announce a card, he's going to put it on pay-per-view. I mean, good Lord, and 80 bucks?
9: Uh, I, let's just say I was a little surprised when I heard about that one. But, you know, maybe um, he figures that he can make a few bucks more and pay-per-view than um, the various networks are willing to offer.
5: Okay, but I'm looking at this card here, and, and 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 the Charlos. Now, I'm not knocking the Charlos per se. I mean, they both are talented young men, but you know, together they could draw maybe 35 or 40 people. I mean, they're just not <laughs> the most popular guys in the world. They're not big, and, that, time.
9: and that's the upside, right?
5: And that, yeah, man, that's <laughs> the upside. So, and then you got to sit there and you got to watch them. So bottom line is, uh, this is almost like promotional suicide. I guess he couldn't get anybody else to buy this. That's why he put it on pay-per-view, right?
9: Well, I think that a network would be interested in presenting a doubleheader with the Charlo brothers. They're Mm -hmm. both good fighters. I think Jamal is a little bit um, more advanced. But um, I don't think it made dollars and cents to a lot of people.
5: Hmm. Dollars and cents. Looks like uh, Deontay Wilder is going to push that third fight with Tyson Fury. Is that what, are you hearing that, too?
9: I'm not hearing it. I might I might have sensed it uh, by a few things that were said. I think that uh, Wilder, who is uh, past his mid-30s already, isn't he? Mm,
5: he's getting he, there.
9: He's got to make... Uh, make his move and uh, for the biggest bucks he can get.
5: You, know, you brought up Henry Armstrong earlier in the show. Of course, the, the original, the first division three-time champion. He was a hundred, he was a featherweight champion, the lightweight champion and the welterweight champion and did he fight for the middleweight championship too?
9: He fought for the middleweight uh, championship and got a draw. Many people thought that he won the fight, but they didn't want to see one guy dominating half of the divisions in boxing at that time. (laughs) But nevertheless, uh, he was a singular uh, historic figure. uh, Fought uh, as a featherweight. He was fighting lightweights and welterweights all the time. Uh, An extraordinary... uh, fighter.
5: And he lost to Ray Robinson in in, in nineteen. In I remember listening
9: to that fight um, on the radio mm-hmm. as a kid and the the, the general uh, census was that uh, Robinson, who had great respect for him, who was still
5: uh, early in his career, mm-hmm. uh, carried him. You know, that's what I was told in when I when I pushed that to Ray Robinson in a June of 1984 article, he just sort of smiled. Didn't answer it. Just smiled.
9: Well, that was the answer.
5: Yeah, I mean, he, you know what? I had, I was, I don't know I told you this, but we were at the Aladdin Hotel for the Duran-Hearns fight, and, and I opened up the door, and he opened up the door, and, and we just sort of looked at each other. And we were like opposite hotel rooms in this old hotel, the old Aladdin Hotel, back in the, what, in the, 80- anyway, the bottom of 84. And, um... And I was just mind-blown by him. I'm mean, Sugar Ray Robinson. Anyway, we went back and forth and this and that, and he ended up entertaining me in his little suite there, his little room there with his wife, Millie. And then, I don't know if I told you, Godfather, but he was wearing a pink bathrobe and a pink shower cap. I mean, he was true to that. I mean, it was just it was so much so Ray, like his pink Cadillac.
9: Well, I can remember going to Madison Square Garden and seeing his Cadillac parked Outside in a no parking zone, but it was a parking zone for him, and it was just that he was showing up for um, uh, a fight that that somebody else was fighting. He wasn't on the card that night, but uh, it was a, he was an extraordinary uh, fighter and personality. He was uh, really a figure of the jazz age, the great. Uh, jazz performers
5: followed his fights as though he was one of them. Mm-hmm. And of course, he he did open up a jazz club in uh, Harlem. In yeah. Harlem, yeah. And I don't know I, how 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 you know? Most fighters are crummy businessmen. How was was he a decent businessman? You know, I I
9: have no first hand knowledge. Although uh, Teddy Brenner, the famous a uh, promoter of Madison Square Garden, uh, told me that um, he had a fight scheduled at the Garden.
3: Mm-hmm.
9: And at the night of the fight, he came to him and said, I want $25,000 now or I'm not going into the ring. And I think that was a measure of how many fighters got cheated out of their monies back in
5: the day. I remember, I remember the story of Ray Charles. He said, only pay me in $1 bills because he couldn't trust anybody.
9: Yeah, Yes, that was the thing. You know, they told you they were going to give you this, and they had a contract, but you think a fighter was going to hire a lawyer? Certainly not back in that day.
5: You know, speaking of fighters making... <laughs> Making lousy investments. Iran Barkley beat Tommy Hearns uh, for the world middleweight title, of course. What did he do? He sunk all his money into a, a car wash in Harlem. Needless to say, it lasted about seven months.
9: Well, maybe somebody uh, felt that they had to wash off all those bills.
5: <laughs> Larry Merchant is our guest, a retired HBO godfather, of course, living in a loving life down in Southern California with his wife. And how was is Mrs. Merchant today, sir?
9: She's doing pretty well. We're still social distancing and masking and trying to do the right stuff.
5: You know, it, 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 it isn't too burdensome when you think about what the consequences are. And that's what people don't realize. It's the consequences. You know, what I mean, because if they haven't had anybody, as, if they haven't, known anybody or seen anybody that this uh, virus has impacted personally, they're sort of like, eh, maybe not so. But, you know, you know somebody, and I know a few people, you know a few people, and it, it hits home hard.
9: Yep. And, um, you know, we have a few people that we, we see, and I have to go out and do shopping a couple of times a week. Um, but you just try to do to be smart about it.
5: Okay. Now, you've heard of Iron Mike Tyson, Godfather. I'm introducing you to Iowa Mike Tyson. What do you think his record was? Tell me. 0-8. <laughs> oh, <0 and 8. laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, you have a wonderful son. Oh, let, me, let me ask you one more thing. The um, Tyson Fury and, and, and Anthony Joshua... I mean, that's really the the fight that people want to see, and that's the fight they want to do in the UK. I mean, big, big money, no doubt about that. But if they can't get an audience of seventy or eighty grand to pack Wembley Stadium, what does that do to the fight? What what does that do? Does that take away from their their dollars, or they can make more money on pay per view? How how does that how does that figure out? You know, um, it's above my pay grade, uh,
9: Pedro. I'm sure they'll do whatever promises to uh, make them the most money and have the most guarantees and um, take as long as they can uh, to make it happen in in the hopes that uh, social distancing becomes a little
12: closer. Okay.
5: Alan Minter, the former world middleweight champion for the U.K. passed this week, and he's known mostly for um, the riot that occurred after Hagler beat him for the title. But, you know, he was a pretty good guy. I met him a couple of times. He was a pretty good guy.
9: He appeared, he appeared to be, uh, and he was a, a pretty good fighter, but uh, Hagler was a, was a young, hungry fighter,
5: and, and um, vicious. he beat him over there. Yeah, I mean that was that was yeah. And, and of course the people from the UK acted um how can I put this inappropriately. They were throwing stuff in the ring. Marvin wasn't even announced the decision winner there, of course. He had to get his belt, I believe, in the dress room or something like that. But at the end of the day, it was a poor night for for your uh for European fight fans, no doubt about that. But it was the, the shiny night for Marvin Had, of course. He had been denied in the antifermal fight. And you know, speaking of the antifermal fight, there was a judge, Dolby Shirley was a judge in that fight. And Dolby Shirley had all kinds of, you and I know that Dolby Shirley had all kinds of bad scores over the years. And the only score he would ever admit to being wrong was the anathurmal Hagler fight. He said all the other ones, he was right. And he was dead wrong. Remember him? Um, I
9: remember him, but when you're in that position of a referee or a judge, um, you got to believe that what you're doing is right.
5: Good point. No doubt about that. Godfather, have a good week. I wish you the best. I thank you so much for your time each and every week. I feel blessed in the fact that you're willing to spend some time with us, and my audience does as well. What can I say? 37 years of radio. You and I have known each other 35 years. I thank you from the bottom of my heart, sir. It's my honor. Wow. The retired HBO Godfather, Mr. Larry Merchant, on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You don't know what you do. in the world of professional boxing is spelled WBO. That's right. The World Boxing Organization is boxing's only transparent, sanctioned body. You can follow the WBO on Facebook or check out their website, WBO Boxing.com. That's WBO The World Boxing Organization. done it. We
3: have a-
13: Listen up, sports fans. This is Rick Tittle here to tell you about our favorite sports book, and that's BetUS.com. Football, basketball, and baseball are all back, and that means it's time to get in your bets. BetUS.com is the pioneer in online betting with more than 25 years in the business. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, and you need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sports book that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, Golf, horses, esports, entertainment, and all kinds of crazy prop bets and futures. Call today at 1 800 MyBetUS. That's 1 800 M Y B E T U S, and they will walk you through getting started. Nobody in the industry gives bigger bonuses than BetUS. Join now, mention Rick Tittle, that's me, and you can get up to 150% in bonuses on your first deposit. Nobody beats that. 25 years in the business and the best bonuses. BetUS should be your sports book. Once again, join today. Call 800 MyBetUS and mention Rick Tittle, betus.com.
11: Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. iHeartRadio, an app so powerful, it holds 20 million songs from 450,000 artists. Thousands of the best live radio stations, custom stations, and stations created just for you. It's anywhere, and it's everywhere. Millions of songs, thousands of stations, one free app. iHeartRadio is that easy. Download the app today, or listen online at iHeartRadio.com. Just under 90
2: seconds, remains in the fourth round. We use that arm to try to take away the base. Oh, look at kicks. That's old school Hicks and Gracie style. Oh, he's got oh, the choke. Penn looking to choke out Florian. BJ Penn looking to remain the champion.
6: <laughs> it is all over. BJ Penn has defeated Teddy Florian.
2: Now, more Bring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
12: This is outrageous. I shall report it to the angry.
2: Last night
5: at the Apex Center in Las Vegas, that, of course, that's the USC's little private training center. In the main event, Kobe Covington, Donald Trump's favorite fighter, improved his record to 16-2 and with a fifth-round stoppage of the former champion Tyrone Woodley. Of course, Tyrone coming in. How can I put this? Not inspired. This is not the fired-up guy that he was five, six, maybe seven fights ago. Maybe it has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, that he's aging. And, of course, Kobe Covington's a good fighter, no doubt about that. But Covington now, 16-2 tie, drops to 19-6. Here's here is Kobe Covington with the President of the United States. You are you
6: are a great fighter, man. I'll tell you, you make it so easy. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Congratulations! I wanted to watch that fight tonight. I wanted to watch it. You were great.
14: Thank you so much, Mr. President. You gave me the dragon energy when you shook my hand on Sunday at your rally, and it doesn't matter if King Kong was in front of me, I was not going to lose after getting to shake your hand and beat uh, your You
3: weren't going to lose.
6: <laughs> well, he's a strong-looking guy, too. He's a tough guy. He's a great fighter. He was a champ, and yet- that was easy work, relatively easy work for you. That's a great, I'm proud of you, man. Thank you so I'm much, I'm proud Mr. of you.
3: I just made a big speech. at 35,000 people. I said, I've I got to get home now to watch Kobe. <laughs> to watch
6: Kobe. That was, that was fast work. I, well, great. He's a tough, and he's a good fighter, right? Yeah. Did he give you much of a problem? Did, what did you see? Strong guy, right?
14: Yeah, strong guy, former champion, but it didn't matter who was in there, Mr. President. After getting to see you, I don't care if there was a God, Superman terrible. in there. I was beating anybody.
6: That's great, Colby. I'm proud of you, man.
14: Thank
15: I'm you. a
6: big fan and I'm proud of you. You're tough. You're tough. You have the right spirit. So now go win the next one and just keep it for a long time. Right. Just keep that championship for a long time. But you are you are something. And say hello to all the guys. I appreciated the shout out tonight, too. I'm, I'm your fan. You're my fan. You know, two of us. Two of a kind. Of a kind
14: <laughs> Thank you so That's much, Mr. President. I'm going to bring you the new belt to the Oval Office soon after you win you November 3rd by a landslide.
6: You get that belt and you bring it in and I'll see you, man. We're rooting for you. I, literally, I came in from a big speech tonight. Oh. I said, I got to get back. I got to watch this uh, this man, <laughs> the man. That's so, so humbling. You keep it going. Colby, keep it going.
14: You look great. You look fantastic. Thank you, and Mr. President. Take care of yourself, okay? Thank you so much, Mr. Very President. Very proud of you. Very proud of you, Colby. See you soon. See you soon, Mr. President. Have a great night. So
6: long, man. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
5: Man, they spent like a minute and a half saying the same thing back and forth. Anyway, the bottom line is Kobe Kobe Covington gets a call from the president of the United States after his win last night over Tyrone Woodley in Las Vegas. That was on ESPN+. Donald Serrano and the Cowboy and Nico Price had a draw and went to a draw, a majority draw. Nico Price had a point taken away in the first round for poking with the open hand. In other words, that's sort of how you detach retinas. In other words, you poke at people with your fingers and that's how retinas get detached. So they can't have that in MMA. It's a big big thing and they took away a point, no doubt about that. It was it was uh it was justified. Anyway, Kamzat God Chimov took this guy, Gerald Murchard, and just I remember I told you he was a mark? Yeah, he was a mark. He got knocked out in seventeen seconds. And he's a decently I mean he's a strong guy, I don't think he has been stopped too many times or not even before. But man, he got hit once and it was all over. I mean he's all over. This guy at middleweight looks like a monster. That maybe nobody can stop. Kazmat. So, yeah, sounds like a hazard. He sounds like some hazard. Uh, uh, You wanted some hazardous area. Kazmat. Yeah, he is. He's a hazard to anybody in the fight in the middleweight division. Anyway, Johnny Walker was a winner. Uh, Mackenzie Dern was a winner, of course, in a female fight against Randall Marcos. They uh, hooked it up at strawweight. She won via submission armbar. Outside of that, no other big names on the card. Of course, the card is suffering per se, and the USC is suffering to an extent because of the fact that they've got a, you know, they don't have the talent pool that they think that, that, that they should have. I mean, it's a $4.2 billion product. That's the USC. But is it worth $4.2 billion? Well, we'll talk about that another day. Anyway, next week, the uh, USC middleweight title is on the line. Looks like Kobe Coven is going to try to hook it up with Israel Adesana. Of course, he is a champion. Bad dude, undefeated, never lost a fight, like 19-0. Taking on Paola Costa is like 12-0, never lost a fight. So this is like the battle of the unbeatens. These guys are monsters. But Costa is one of those guys that I th- was of, under the impression he takes Flintstone Vitamins. What I mean by that is steroids, you know, performance enhancing drugs because, you know, when he comes down from 225 pounds. He, anyway, bottom line is he loses a lot of weight. He does it real fast. It's almost unnatural. He's got a huge body. He looks much bigger than 185-pounder. That's going to be a bit of a toss-up. Him and Israel going back uh, back and forth for the 185-pound UFC championship. The co-feature will also feature a title fight. Dominic Reyes and Jan Blackowitz are going to hook it up for the vacated light heavyweight title. Of course, John Jones giving it up, one. To make his move to heavyweight. Uh, also on the card, a women's bantamweight fight, 135 pounds. Kaylin Vieira going to take on Ciara Eubanks. Okay, that's a good one. Ciara Eubanks. Anyway, bottom line is the women rock on. Listen, the women rock on MMA. They, they, I mean, they, they put forth. They come out. They entertain. You'll never see a dull women's MMA fight. I haven't never in my life because because I got something to prove. Okay, women's boxing not so much you know the reason why women's boxing is so bad is the fact you've got smaller women i mean smaller human beings using the same size gloves as men and it just doesn't work i mean you want to talk about tennis the, the court's a little bit smaller Or you want to talk about baseball the bats are lighter you want to talk about basketball um the 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 ball is smaller i can go on and on but the bottom line is boxing just doesn't they're not too sharp on that one. Anyway, let's switch gears, talk about the results last night in Las Vegas. We've got some guests coming up in an our number two they are going to blow your mind. Logan Hobson will be here, of course, the founder of CompuBox, a boxing writer of Note himself. So he'll be here. We'll be talk about his resume and, of course, Arguello on Pryor. He was there for that. He interviewed Pryor the following day, I believe, for UPI. So we'll uh, hear from him and take that back. Kenny Rafer is going to be coming in from the U.K., Kenny's a professional boxer. I think he's retired. He should be retired anyway. Bottom line, he's still, he's still training guys, and hopefully Kenny's going to be our U.K. guy when it comes to giving us some scoops from the U.K. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, this is a Saturday, Sunday edition. We come to you Saturday and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, of course, Channel 211. Bottom line is we're rocking and rolling, of course, Saturdays and Sundays, Saturday for an hour, Sunday for two hours. This is the Sunday show, two-hour edition. Last night, boxing in Las Vegas, the sniper, that's what I call him, Jose Prajaz who moved to 28-3, 13 wax with a 10-round in the end, but it's not over 2000, 2008 Olympian, U.S. Olympian, Javier Molina, now 22-3, and 3, 9 KOs. Javier's problem is he couldn't punch. Scores were across the board in his career, 9 KOs in like 25 fights. Anyway, scores across the board, almost a shutout, 99-91, 98-92, and 98-92. Um, the sniper can fight, no doubt about that. But the guy I thought was really good, and we'll get to that in just a second, because there were some other fights on the card last night, Erickson. Lubin now 23 and one 16k as a 12 round unanimous decision winner over Terrell Gasha 21 and two 10 stops of course that was for the uh, that was in Uncasville, uh, Connecticut of course the Mohegan Sun Bubble they got a bubble back there the scores were 115 113 116 112 and 118 110 but the guy that really stole the show I thought this weekend man yikes and Socrates Palmer the PhD of boxing looks like he's grabbing himself an ace here out of Philadelphia. Unbeaten, 147-pound welterweight. I'm talking about Jaron Boots Ennis. Now 26-0, 24 KOs. Holy cow. Uh, Six-round KO winner over a guy that had never been stopped before, but like but like Socrates said, he was supposed to lose. You know, Juan Carlos Abru came in at 23-5, and left at 23-6, and but he took a licking. I mean, he just took a licking. And this southpaw, meaning a left-hander, Ennis, uh, um, he, can, he, he can punch with both hands. He's a huge welterweight. You know, when I see these huge guys at different weight classes, it's it's a disadvantage. I remember fighting guys <clears throat> that were big. You know, I mean, big guys. And some guys were bigger, big junior welterweights. I was a sort of like mm, a medium junior welterweight. When it came to welterweight, I was small. I was real small at welterweight. I mean, I could fight welterweight, but not well because it was too small. It's just size means—listen, I told you this before. Size means— Everything in two things, combat sports and pornography. I think I'm kidding. Look it up. Anyway, Jaron Booth's now 26-0, looking real sharp. He may be the, how can I put this? He may be the guy to watch in the Walter Division. Everybody's talking about Earl Spence and Bud Crawford, Terrence Crawford, of course, of Omaha, Nebraska, the guy that's moved up, what, one, two, three weight classes now. Of course, I think he's stretching it. I think he's at his limit. Crawford is at 147. Crawford's looking to take on, I think, Amir Khan or, or – uh, the other guy over there from U.K., I can't think of his name right now. And then, of course, you know, Mr. Earl Spence is going to come back and to fight Danny Garcia. Oh, boy, am I excited about that, aren't you? I mean, Earl Spence, of course, the guy that got tossed out of a car at 115 miles an hour, was drunk, was loaded, got thrown out of his, his Lotus or his Ferrari or whatever it was when it turned over, and he got lucky, got thrown out of the car, and you know, he's alive. And he should just take that and walk away. But he's not going to walk away. He's going to try to come back and box, which I think, um is going to be a major error i think cuz once once listen you can spar, you can train, this and that, but, you know, he suffers some some effects from, from that car accident. You don't walk away from a 150-mile car wreck, whether you're drunk or not, under the influence, and not suffer some residual effects. Of course, the neurological damage was quite obvious when I looked at his eyes, of course, and that mugshot when they shot him, t- shot the picture for the DUI a couple days later, a few days later. You saw the messed-up uh, eye that he had there. Of course, that's, that's, that's internal bleeding. So he's had some injuries. They've been internal injuries. Why well, are they serious? I think they're serious. But then again, I'm not a doctor. Of course, he's got the green light to come, in back, come back and box. These guys are going to hook up in October. It's going to be on pay-per-view as well. Of course, Al Heyman, now like Mr. Pay-per-view. I mean, I don't know where he's going. I don't. Because mm. if the Charlo brothers aren't enough to, like, commit promotional suicide on, putting them on pay-per-view, what is? I mean, what is? I mean, Jamel and Jamal, <clears throat> some people can't tell them apart. There's one letter distinguishes between distinguishes distinguishes between the two. One fights at 160 pounds. One fights at 154. Of course, the one at 160 is supposed to be the better of the two. And at the end of the day, but they're not they're not household names. They're not even close to it. I mean, the fight we really like to see maybe is Charlo and Canelo Alvarez. Of course, Canelo Alvarez, the pound for pound king, or Izzy. I mean, the guy's been off now. What he's, he's going to be off a year. He'll be off a year. And he doesn't seem to be too interested in coming to fight again. I think maybe the money got to Canelo Alvarez. I kid you not. And, of course, I told you how money ruined Roberto Duran. It just... Money ruins women. Money ruins... Exactly. Ching-ching. Money ruins people. But I told you, money ruined Duran. I mean, Duran was making four five hundred thousand dollars a fight, then he made the one point five million dollars of course after like seventy five fights when he fought Leonard the first time in the rematch he got eight point five million dollars. But Mike Trainer said you have to be ready to fight in thirty two days. And Duran was way overweight, and Duran cut the weight and made the weight. But the bottom line is that was a no loss fight, and he wasn't in condition for that. But you know that was a smart move by Mike Trainer. Absolutely a smart move. He sent somebody down to Panama, and they took pictures of Duran, and he sent these pictures back. I kid you not. They did this federal expressing. It was like like a a uh, undercover type of thing. They went down to the spy on Duran. They saw him with his big old belly, drinking beer, doing whatever else he does, of course, and. Uh, <clears throat> They said, guess what? We'll offer him more money than he can ever make in his entire life. He can never turn it down. We'll make it $8.5 million. Take it or leave it. You've got to be ready in 32 days. And Duran said yes. Of course, he would have cut off his arm to make that weight for that money. Cut off his arm, made the weight. And, of course, that was the Nomas fight. Still, you know, when you look at the fights of the 1980s, you have to figure that Duran and Leonard was one of the, the epic bouts. Noted about that. Leonard and Hagler in 1987, six, seven years later. Of course, Duran and Leonard hook it up in June of 1980. Of course, then you got Tommy Hearns and Leonard and the anniversary just went down recently. We'll get into boxing history a little bit more at the uh, close of this hour. But of course, you know, I mean, what can I say? Boxing is rich in history. It's just so rich in history and we get to talk about it each and every week here on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. I thank you from the bottom of my heart, no doubt about that, for being part of the Ring Talk family. We are live on Twitch.tv of course, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 211, My name is Pedro Fernandez. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
16: And you have to reapply sunscreen every 2 hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equals healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov/sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration.
14: Call
1: Quit Drugs 321 now at 800 338 6906. 800 338 6906. That's 800 338 6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro
2: Fernandez.
5: If they're not happy here, they can leave. So it's 1984. I'm working at Petrero Police Station for the San Francisco Police Department as a uh, patrolman. And I'm doing these phone interviews for uh, Charles J.'s radio down there in Florida. First he was in Florida, then we went to Las Vegas. And of course, Charles and I were going back and forth on the radio on the phone for like four or five years. I said to myself, why don't I just get my own show? So I decided in 1989 I would start a show. We started Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Of course, the actual show, having been Ring Talk uh, with Charles J. and me and Rudy, and that's anytime. let's do some ring talk with Pedro Fernandez. Anyway, bottom line is, 1989, Joe Gilardi gave me a check for $4,000. That's what started the show. I talked to him this morning. I thanked him for the fourth grand. He's still alive and rock and roll. And, of course, Joe Gilardi was the king of pay-per-view. When I say pay-per-view, I mean think uh, closed-circuit television. When I think pay-per-view... Pay per view of 25 and 30 years ago when people used to go to like major ballparks and and major arenas and gyms and things like that to watch fights on a big screen. He was the king of closed circuit television. And you know, it's been a while. I mean, since I won that first Golden Glove title, I remember my mother and my Uncle Ray were the most proud, were the proudest people in the entire world. Never forget it because you know, I wasn't supposed to beat Keith Rucker. Rucker was six foot one and a half, 139 pounds. He had been knocking everybody dead. In fact, guys were turning pro and moving away from the division because they didn't want to fight him. Well, I, I had no problem with that. Twelve seconds of the fight, Keith Rucker was on his back. Okay, and I was telling him to get up. And I remember the referee Brent Venegas pushing me away, saying, "Pedro, Pedro, behave. Go back to the corner. Go back to the corner." No, I was in. I was into this fight. No doubt about that. But. Nobody thought I was going to win that one. I think even my family was a little quiet before that fight. They never quiet after that. And i never forget the proud look on my Uncle Ray's face. Of course, he's passed away the following year, and he never got to watch me win the 83 Golden Glove Championship, which I dedicated him and signed his name on the wall of the Concord Pavilion, my dressing room over there. So what I'm trying to tell you is, although it's great to have been done radio for 37 years, I miss the people that started me. That's just the way it is. Anyway, hour number two is still to come. We've got some great, great guests in hour number two. We'll go to the UK and bring in Kenny Rainford. He's a personality. You no know doubt about that. But the guy that started CompuBox, Logan Hobson, will be here. He's from Brooklyn. You're going to have some fun. The bottom line is, I got some great guests. Stay tuned. Hour number two, Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Of course, on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 211, and a plethora of other internet platforms. Stay tuned for hour number two of Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
4: Radio News with John Hunt. President Donald Trump told a North Carolina rally that he intends to nominate a woman to succeed Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who died Friday at the age of 87 after a battle with pancreatic cancer. We
6: said that if for any reason we have a vacancy on the United States Supreme Court, we will fill that vacancy. And by the way, we have plenty of time. There's a lot of time. <laughs> So we will uphold equal justice under the law for citizens of every race, color, religion, and creed. I will be putting forth a nominee next week. It will be a
4: woman. Two names have come to the forefront. Judges Amy Coney Barrett in Chicago and Barbara Lagoa in Atlanta. Barrett is a conservative pro-life Roman Catholic who clerked for the late Justice Antonin Scalia after she graduated from law school. This is USA Radio News. Okay, some
18: good news during a challenging time for everybody. And this could really help. You may know hundreds of thousands of people have already made the switch to Metashare, which is the affordable alternative to health insurance. And with so many people looking at how they pay for healthcare right now, seeing premiums going up or the cost of Cobra plans, Metashare has extended their special offer and a lot of people have taken advantage of it. Simply apply by September 30th and they will waive your new member fee. That's $170 savings. And, of course, that's just a start. The typical family saves $500 a month after making the switch. Metashare is a Christian community that shares each other's healthcare costs, and it's worked beautifully for decades. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to get your additional savings. Here it is. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's
4: 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. Federal officials intercepted an envelope addressed to the White House that contained the poison ricin, according to law enforcement officials. The letter was intercepted at a government facility that screens mail addressed to the White House and President Donald Trump. A preliminary investigation indicated it tested positive for the poison found naturally in castor beans. Federal investigators are working to determine where the envelope originated and who mailed it. The FBI, the Secret Service, and the U.S. Postal Inspection Service are leading that investigation. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention now says close contacts of people with COVID-19 should be tested regardless of whether they have symptoms, reversing their controversial recommendations reportedly over the advice of agency scientists. CDC's testing guidelines now bluntly counsel people who have been within six feet of a person with documented infection for at least 15 minutes to get screened immediately. This is USA Radio News. Florida teacher is speaking out about some of the things she's seen while teaching virtually, In USA's Kenneth Burns has more.
7: The message for parents from one Boca Raton elementary school teacher.
16: Parents, please make sure that you have on proper clothing when you're walking in front of behind the child's computer, because we been seen them in their drawers, the bra, and everything else.
7: That was Edith Pride addressing the school board at a recent meeting. She was expressing concerns about what she has observed of the adults during virtual learning sessions. Pride also had another concern that she raised about parental behavior.
16: Parents, when you are helping your children at the computer, please uh, do not appear with big joints in your hands and cigarettes. Does joint be big as a cigar? Oh yes, we have seen it all.
7: She also asked parents to make sure the kids are also properly dressed and fed before starting classes and of course log into class on time. Pride's rant has since gone viral and struck a chord with other teachers, particularly in Palm Beach County. For USA Radio News, I'm Kenneth
4: Burns. All Foot Locker-owned stores in the U.S. will become temporary voter registration sites starting September 22nd. Each of the company's more than 2,000 stores will house a kiosk with special websites where visitors can check their voter status, register to vote, or sign up for election reminders. Foot Locker said its effort will target 18- to 24-year-old African-American customers, of which 4.3 million follow the retailer's Instagram accounts.
0: For USA Radio News...
1: Once again, that's 800-932-5517.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into combat sports brought to you by the WBO the World Boxing Organization. Pedro, let me me say congratulations on your long time in radio. You are your team and for your ratings, man. I was reading about that. I'm very uh,
9: impressed with you, Pedro.
2: And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in radio and Internet history. I
6: don't want to, to predict this fight, but, you know, I'm going to promise that I, I can give a good fight, you know, so, to make people happy, and I, I just do my best. Pedro Fernandez. If I can't teach you one way, I'll teach you another, but I'm going to get the job
5: done. Domasi y caballeros, bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is the 37th year of Ring Talk Live Worldwide, the anniversary show. My name is Pedro Fernandez, often imitated, but (laughs) never duplicated. 37 years of knocking out all bums, this is hour number two of ring talk live worldwide i'm going to bring him some special guests this hour we'll talk boxing for the most part i'll bring in kenny rafer from the uk of course he's a boxer of note over there he's a trainer he also knows what he's talking about when it comes to the world of prize fighting and of course initially in our next segment we'll bring in the man that brought us the, the beat i used to call him the bean counter what i mean by that the guy that ran CompuBox, Logan Hobson. i mean they, they came together with this idea where they would count the punches on TV, the right hands, the left hands, all that kind of good stuff. And of course, that became revolutionary as far as boxing was concerned because everybody had it. And every major telecast, ESPN, HBO, people were like, let's go to CompuBox numbers, go to the CompuBox numbers. Of course, sometimes they were great, sometimes they didn't make a whole lot of sense. The bottom line is Logan makes a lot of sense. And he'll be here in a few minutes to talk boxing. And of course, MMA right here on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Open phone lines all around the planet as we come to you close live on Twitch tv the sports byline usa channel the toll-free studio line 1-800-878-7529 that's one 800 878 of course the studio text line no commitments and guess what you can say what you want i mean, can't be censored 415-275-1613 the studio text line once again no stress 415-275-1613 you're tuned to ring talk live worldwide on iHeartRadio, radio sirius xm salary of course Live comes to you from the Sports Byline Studios in San Francisco, California. This is Ring
3: Talk.
1: That's 800-403-5912.
6: Here comes the decision now. Let's listen.
5: Clarity in the world of professional boxing is spelled WBO. That's right. The World Boxing Organization is boxing's only transparent, sanctioned body. You can follow the WBO on Facebook or check out their website, wboboxing.com. That's wboboxing.com. The World Boxing Organization.
2: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
5: Some new Tower of Power. Check it out, towerofpower.com. They've got two albums. I don't know if they call them albums anymore, but they've got two, like, digital releases in the past year and a half. Check them out at towerofpower.com. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide. You're inside looking for the world of boxing, MMA. Now, my next guest has had... More ringside seats than anybody I know. He sat on the first row of every boxing match I think I watched for like 25 years, I kid you not. Of course, he was the man that brought us CompuBox, Mr. Logan Hobson. How are you, Logan?
12: Hey, Pedro. Long time. How
5: are you? I'm doing just fine. Good, man. good to be here. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. How did you, how did the CompuBox thing start? I used to call you guys bean counters in my column. <laughs> remember that? I used to call you guys bean Yes,
12: I do remember that. Yeah I and mean, I, I remember Larry Larry Merchant would call, when we first came out with it he he'd call, we would just bristle when he would call it a computer toy on the broadcast. Uh, we would sit there we'd be like oh what what is he gonna see that for.
5: Yeah, well, that's that's Larry's way. Anyway, Copybox is still going? You sold it? What's going on with that?
12: I sold my end of it in 2003. Uh-huh. Bob Canobio, who, we, I, who uh, I co-founded the company with, uh-huh. is still going strong, doing doing very well with CompuBox. They've expanded into MMA and you know, all, all, um, you know all, all uh, you know fighting sports, and they're doing very well.
5: Logan, you know, you had great
12: seats, man. How long? How long did you do that? Uh, I we, we did. I did it for almost almost 20 years. We were at ringside, and uh, uh, it, was, it was it was I mean it was wonderful. We we came up we we had seen a tennis program that was tracking every shot in a tennis match,
3: mm-hmm. and we
12: suddenly we said you know what why don't we just try that in boxing? And we we got a software guy to come in and we we programmed the keys on a computer and we went down to uh, Atlantic City and tried it out. It was a Trevor Burbick fight in Atlantic City that we did our first live, and we saw it work, and we took it to. Uh, we took it to John Condon at Madison Square Garden at the time, and he liked it. He put it on, and then Ross. Then we went to Gross Greenberg at HBO Sports, and and Ross loved it. And he went. He, he Ross is a real Ross Greenberg was a real pioneer. You know, and he, he went for it.
5: <laughs> I'm laughing because I remember when I worked for FNN Sports, Financial News Network. We were in Texas and this and that. and I said, you know, we we really need one of those copy box guys. And the guy looked over me, and goes. I'll count the punches for you, and I said, mm, well, "Not quite." I mean, he,
3: he wasn't. He
5: thought he was going to do me a favor. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he never done a, He was he was a TV producer, never done a boxing match before. He goes, "I'll count the punches for you." That's not. No, no. That's not the
12: first time I've heard. That's not the first time I've heard it. People think it's still, but what we did was we broke it down uh, to one fighter it It's really impossible to to try to count the punches for two fighters i I don't see how they how it's possible, but we we broke it down and we uh if you're just watching one fighter, you can kind of get into a rhythm with the fighter and you know you're watching two moving objects as opposed to four
3: mm-hmm.
12: so we broke it down that way and uh you know we broke it down into jabs, jabs miss jabs connect, and power punches miss power punches connect. And that was the original
5: program. Okay, and it's still rocking and rolling. And, of course, you have now moved it over to the world of mixed martial arts. And, of course, the USC rocking and rolling. Of course, they, they're doing shows. Um, you, you're not politically connected anymore. Are you surprised that the USC fighters get paid peanuts like they do when that, when that company is bringing in all the money it is? I mean, they get paid about an average 8 to 12, maybe 16 cents on the dollar
12: uh you know it well, it's the 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 marketplace that uh, you know- uh really predict you know really is, 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 and and star value predicts you know what what you're gonna get and it always has True,
5: true, but you can't become a star if you have death match after death match. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is the, yes. in the back in the days of kayfabe when we watched Bruno Sammartino have death matches. He could have them three or four times a week, okay? But these guys can't have them fight after fight after fight. And that's how Dana White reduces these guys in value—is that he puts them in death matches each for such a long time that no normal human beings going to be able to continue winning.
12: Yeah, I mean, if you, if you if a fighter had to go out and fight the Thriller in Manila every fight, of course, you know, that's going to be, They're going to have very, very short careers. Okay. Very short.
5: Did you guys do the David Tua-Akabeabuchi Ike, Ike, fight up there in Sacramento? Do you remember?
12: Yes, we did. Yes, we did. You
5: know, I, 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 I televised that fight. I did the international television. I think Lou Duva, I did take it back. Dan Duva hired me for that one. I did it by myself, and that, that was an experience was is that still hold a record for the most punches thrown in a heavyweight fight
12: you know i'm 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 not sure i'm i'm not not sure if at that, that i'm i'm not up to the uh the, you know the stats the last few years i haven't been really watching you know i'm not sure if it's a record but it was, it was a bomb run. it was a very high connect percentage and that's like uh, very high connect percentages
5: of all the fights you uh, of all the fights that you sat ringside for two for 20 years run off four or five right now that you thought were like You'll never forget.
12: My my number one will always be Haggle Leonard. Yeah. Aguilera. That 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 night had the, going into Caesar's Palace that night. It was such an electric at ringside. I mean, right now, just talking about it, Pedro, the ha the hairs are standing up on my arm I right remember. now. Just talking about it, and you know, at the you know at the end of the fight because it was such a close fight, you know, we'll be debating the. We'll we'll be debating the uh, decision forever. Uh, you know our numbers play a, a big block, and then yeah you know, that that night that night we 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 worked in Sugar Ray Leonard's training camp also. We tracked them in sparring, mm-hmm. and we did a study for uh, Ray Leonard's people on Hagua for that fight. Wow! And, wow. and Ray credited us with with coming up with helping him come up with the strategy. <laughs> we 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 in the numbers. In analyzing Hagler's fights, we saw that he his punch output was high, uh, was high, and started dropping in the in the middle rounds. And and Leonard kind of stayed, you know, he kind of he kind of weaved it into his fight plan. Wow!
5: Wow! The secrets of uh, Ray Leonard getting ready for Marvin Hagler, of course, and that was in 1987. Wow, what a day that was! No doubt about that. Everybody was rocking and rolling. You're right; the buzz was incredible. I mean, you know. I think the, the, that that night was special. I think Hagler-Hearns was special. Hey, how do you counter fight when there's
12: punching that fast? Oh, ha- Hagler, that was our first major event, Hagler-Hearns. And that, that was just it was I, my my fingers were smoking after the first round. I was like, but that that fight actually put CompuBox on the map. everybody wanted to see the punch count for the for, for the fight and you know and the, 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 the connect percentages were, were were through the roof yeah you know, they and they they both connected about the same amount of punches in the first round of and you know all around. it was just it was you know it it the, numerically it was astounding as it was to watch it
5: okay when you look back at, at those times i mean the, the tyson fights i mean bang i mean what were the least amount of punches thrown in a fight? can you remember that do you remember that the least amount of punches thrown? Oh, I, I
12: what what really st- okay. might not be the least but uh <laughs> Pinklin Thomas versus Tyson. he averaged sixteen punches around. Yeah,
5: poor Pinklin. Oh no! Uh,
12: you know, uh, let me correct myself. That was. Uh, oh, that was. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm That's all right. You're, point you're, point you're, point. you're you're you're, <laughs> you're allowed. You're
5: you're allowed to slip here now <laughs> and then, my brother. Don't worry about it.
3: Okay. Logan <laughs> Hobbs
5: is our guest, of <laughs> course. The man that started CompuBox. He's a boxing writer of note, of course. I'm going to push you after the break. Yeah, after the break um, regarding the. Aaron Pryor, Alexis Arguello controversy. Of course, we talked about that uh, online. Of course, people listening to the show know exactly what I'm talking about. The fact that I think that the gloves were tampered with as far as Aaron Pryor was concerned in the first Alexis Arguello fight. Arguello thought the same thing. Pryor wouldn't answer me on it. He, he, He would say, quote, he was aloof. To put it that way, and of course, the gloves disappeared after the fight. Anyway, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking through the world of boxing, MMA. Back with the bean counter extraordinaire, Logan Hobson, after the break.
1: Again, that's 805162499, paid for by Final Expense Direct.
2: with Pedro Fernandez. But he has a shock in store for him. He has two great chances, Slim and none, and Slim's out of town.
5: I talked to the wire-haired wonder last week on the telephone. He sounded, you know, pretty sharp, Don King. And he said he'll be calling me the next couple weeks. he got something happening. So we'll see if that materializes. Today in Boxing History, 1957, it was a great year, no doubt about that. r T. Moore returned the World Light Heavyweight title with a seven-round KO over Tony Anthony. It was in L.A. 1965 in London, the U.K., Ken Buchanan, the former World Lightweight Champion, the guy that lost to Roberto Duran in 1972, I believe. Uh, it was a second-round stoppage of Brian Torx. That was his pro debut. And in Miami-Prinot Whitaker in 1996 defeated Wilfredo Rivera for the WBC welterweight title. Straight up today in Boxing History brought to you by our house historian, Now back to my guest from Southern California of course originally from Brooklyn I'm talking about Logan Hobson and Logan I got to ask you man or on Pryor you watched that fight you were there tell to me about it just so let's, just let's, let's, yeah. let's water the let's water the plant here that
12: was, that was that was another electric in in the Orange Bowl that was that was, that was uh, you know they had a fireworks display right before the fire. it was just the 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 place was rocket and it was just it was a tremendous fight and you know at the end when when uh, was knocked out i mean he was he was he was out for a while good a good 5 minutes and i remember i was covering the fight for united press international with joe, with the late joe conneselli and i are trying on the rain to see if, you you know we' was working for a wire service. I want to see if he's okay. We want to file a bulletin? You know, it's, it was, you know, just trying to get up there. And, you know, the next day, the next day I was assigned, I, I was told to go over to you know, Prize hotel and, you know, interview him with the rest of the, you know, Ed Sky was there from the AP and a few other guys. We went over and I remember uh, Pryor's hands were ripped, his knuckles, they were grotesquely swollen. And you know, being kind of a new kid on the block, it did, you know, I just it didn't strike me as wow, that's unusual. Not until a few years later, and after the the uh, Louis Resto and the, and the gloves being taken, did it kind of occurred to me that you know what, I hadn't seen anything like that before that or since. Did it strike me that that was odd that you know to have to see a fighter's hand hands so swollen, the knuckles.
5: I mean, I mean, he's been exposed now. Um... Panama Lewis. He passed away this week, and people are jumping all over me for kicking him in the teeth. I call him the Charles Manson of boxing. I mean, he wrapped this guy's hand. Imagine this. He wraps the hand with a small little amount of wrap. Then he wraps it in plaster of Paris. Then he wraps it over with some more hand wraps, so you can't see the plaster of Paris. Then the athletic commission comes in and checks the wrap. and it says it's okay. So then he sprays water on the wrap, and it makes the wrap into a cast. Okay, That was one of the things he did. Another thing he did was he used to give Guys, asthma medicine that made him breathe better in the later rounds. That's what I think Pryor took. I think he got some asthma medicine that, that opened up mm-hmm. his lungs uh, in, in the 14th round there. And of course, Pryor's gloves disappeared after the fight, Logan. What happened to Pryor's gloves?
12: I, I I have no idea uh, they were gone. I don't, you know, the the commission at the time was my, the my, the uh, Florida Olympics weren't wasn't that strong a commission at the time. You know, I don't know since, but it wasn't like it was in Nevada or you know, or the, of course the rest. The, the rest of those things happened in New York, yeah. but you know, it was real easy to slip a curveball by some of these commissions back back, back then.
5: I mean, he was. I mean, a mad, what a mad scientist! Can you imagine that somebody diabolical, diabolical enough to wrap somebody's hands in a plaster paris uh, cast and then have it inspected by the athletic commission and then spraying it with water and making it hard? I mean, I mean, that's diabolical. Yeah, I mean,
12: I, I was, I, I was, I, I was when I was when Ogwéo uh, was uh, laying flat out, out cold. I was, I was, I was. We were really concerned about it, you know, whether he was, you know, at the moment, in the moment, we was really concerned about his safety, with you know, if he, you know, anything you know, for brain damage or, you know, what it turned out. But you know, funny, is Aguayo Pedro a warrior? I mean, in every true sense of the word, and you could see that knockout had. It just had a little more of a psychological, it was psychologically debilitating than, than I've seen other fighters react to being knocked out. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, afterwards he, he said, I'll never forget that beating. the Arguello said. And he was a humble guy, and he would say something like that. But it's almost like something happened to him in the ring that night that he couldn't understand. It broke him. It broke him. Yes.
5: He was never the same afterwards. I mean, the suicide coming on this show saying he wanted to kill himself, me going down to Nicaragua and trying to get him into a rehab, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, we, we, I, God
12: bless you for that, Pedro. You know, God bless you for
5: that. I, I want to say this, Suleiman, Su- Jose Suleiman came up with the money for that. So I called Suleiman on the phone. I said, you know, you screwed Alexis over. He goes, what are you talking about? I said, you made him, sign, you made him re-sign with Don King when he could have made more money with somebody else. And, he's, and he got silent on the other phone. I said, So right now he's got some crack problems. I said, I need some money to bring him and his family to San Francisco. There's some Nicaraguan, a uh, big Nicaraguan population here. We'll put him in rehab, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Suleiman says, How much you need? I said, I think about 35 grand. He says, You got it. So he gave me like 5 grand to get on a plane to go down there and try to drag her, drag her away out of Nicaragua. He wasn't doing it. But, you know, Suleiman gets kicked in the teeth a lot by me, okay? But you got to give him props there.
12: Absolutely. absolutely I mean try to save and you know it's, it's fine like it it really goes against the grain when you think of like uh, Agüero suicide or arturo gatti it, you, you look at them in the ring and you look at you know how courageous what warriors and suicide just uh, it doesn't it just uh it doesn't it it boggles the mind that that guy's like this of of that nature with that with the strong uh with their strong mentality to commit
5: suicide. You know, Arguello looked at me, we were talking in, in, in Nicaragua, we we're sitting in his backyard and I was jamming him up about something, about the drugs and this kind of stuff. And the subject veered off to boxing and he looked over me and I saw a little tear like roll out of his eye and he said to me, Pedro, I never been busted up like that in ninety fights. And I said <clears> so I said, So you think the gloves were you think the gloves are tampered with? He goes, I know they were He goes, I never been hit that hard in my life, Ever. He goes,
12: I, I, I believe it, you know, I saw I saw a prior knuckle the next day. I, I I'd have to I'd have to come down and decided something was something was not right in that fight.
5: And, you know, and he was never, ever the same, not physically, not mentally. I mean, he wasn't talking. He didn't have any suicidal thoughts. He never did cocaine before the um, before the prior fight. I mean, and it was funny. You know, afterwards, he, both these guys are like in Miami doing cocaine together. I mean, this that was really weird. I said, "How did the hell did you end up doing coke down in Miami with Aaron?" He said, "I don't know, but it happened. We did a lot of cocaine together. That, that's weird, man."
12: Yeah. Well, you know, addiction's a funny. You know, addiction's a funny thing. And it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, when, when when somebody's in pain, and you know, they, you know, you. The, you know, I think the, the, the hum, uh, humans are built to soothe themselves. Any any animal is built to soothe themselves, mm-hmm. and a lot of pain will you know can bring out addiction. If, you know, of course, it's you know there's a lot to do with DNA and you know trauma and there's you know a lot of things go into addiction, but you know mm-hmm. it's like the last uh, the the last resort to soothe oneself.
5: Okay. <clears throat> Logan Hobson. One of our final questions here: Who was the greatest athlete you think you've ever seen?
12: The greatest athlete? I have to. I, I'm, go, I'm going to say Roy Jones. Okay,
5: talk to me and tell me why. Roy,
12: just the, 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 the instincts, just that you know the the hand the hand eye coordination, the grace. And you know the strength, you know, all, all you know the reflexes, every everything put together. And another one that's uh, another one that's When I think of Roy Jones, I think of Lomachenko also.
5: Wow, you know. Roy Jones, Ray, Ray Leonard and I were kicking it in Oakland, California, in the 1988 Olympic trials. They were in Oakland, and they moved off to Concord for the finals. And Ray was telling me he's going to sign, he's going to try to give a half a million bucks, eventually a million bucks to Roy Jones to sign. He was going to sign Roy Jones. So he's got $100,000 in a briefcase, and he's walking around, I think we're in Concord, California. And he comes to me, he's got this really concerned look on his face. He goes, you know, Pedro, Roy has a, Roy has a glass jaw. And I go, what are you talking about? He goes, no, he has a glass jaw. He goes, he's been knocked out twice in the gym with the big gloves on. He goes, he was snoring at one time. I said, the guy says, so? Whoa, whoa. He goes, I don't know if I want to sign him now. That was, (laughs) yeah, that was a scoop. $100,000 in a
12: briefcase. (laughs) Didn't Don Kings, right, have seen when. Hassan Rockman beat uh, Lennox Lewis. Yeah, I think that, that Cedric Kushner and and Don King were running them with briefcases full of money. To yeah, find yeah, him. yeah. Wait, wait. But Cedric offers him a check for
5: twenty four million dollars from HBO, and instead he takes three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in cash from Don King.
12: What an idiot! <laughs> I mean,
9: well,
12: may he, may he Red Cedric. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I mean, you know, Cedric was a
5: character, but I mean, you got to be kidding me, man! Twenty-four. I got you this twenty-four million. I got you a twenty-four million dollar deal with the biggest company in the entire world, Time Warner. And he says, "No, no, 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 no." And then, of course, Don King told him that check ain't no good. Oh, oh! <laughs> Can you believe that? I mean, Logan.
12: Hey, hey. Mike. My- my favorite, my favorite live radio ever from Don King.
3: Yeah.
12: I've been a victim of trickery. Yeah, trickeration.
5: <laughs> that was one of his words. Anyway, Logan, it's a pleasure spending some time with you again. i got to invite you back again real soon, man. Thanks, Diego. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. You're the greatest. Logan Hobson, that was a fantastic time on the radio. Of course, going back, we haven't talked in like 10 or 15 years, so when you see somebody, just roll it on the radio. Don't prep it. If you prep it, it just doesn't work. I kid you not. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside look into the world of boxing and MMA, of course, coming to you from the Sports Byline Studios in San Francisco, California, live on Twitch.tv, iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, Satellite Radio, Channel 211. This is a Sunday show. You might be listening to this in a podcast form, of course. Then that's at Anchor.com. Anchor.com's got all the recent Ring Talk Live Worldwide podcast. Straight up, you are tuned to the longest-running show in history, boxing history, and talk about Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Check it. Often imitated, but never duplicated.
3: come true, again yeah. Want stand alone in a yeah. can make the light shine through. It takes two, baby.
6: comes the decision now.
5: Let's listen. Clarity in the world of professional boxing is spelled WBO. That's right. The World Boxing Organization is boxing's only transparent, sanctioned body. You can follow the WBO on Facebook or check out their website, WBOboxing.com. WBO WBOboxing.com. The World Boxing Organization. done it. We have a new heavyweight
3: champion in the world.
13: Listen up, sports fans. This is Rick Tittle here to tell you about our favorite sports book, and that's BetUS.com. Football, basketball, and baseball are all back, and that means it's time to get in your bets. BetUS.com is the pioneer in online betting with more than 25 years in the business. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, and you need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sports book that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, Golf, horses, esports, entertainment, and all kinds of crazy prop bets and futures. Call today at 1 800 MyBetUS. That's 1 800 M Y B E T U S, and they will walk you through getting started. Nobody in the industry gives bigger bonuses than BetUS. Join now, mention Rick Tittle. That's me, and you can get up to 150% in bonuses on your first deposit. Nobody beats that. 25 years in the business and the best bonuses. BetUS should be your sports book. Once again, join today. Call 800 MyBetUS and mention Rick Tittle, betus.com.
1: that's 800-880-7167. Paid for by Airtime Media.
17: I love
11: iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Love
8: it. Everywhere,
11: man. <laughs> Seriously. Everywhere, man. 20 million songs from 450,000 artists. iHeartRadio.
0: Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota,
11: create my radio stations. iHeart Millions of songs, thousands of stations, one free app. iHeartRadio is that easy. Download the app today or listen online at iHeartRadio.com.
2: Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. We can all be quiet and peaceable and have a few beers together and listen to the music
8: and not make any wrong moves.
5: Man, that's one hell of a horn section, the mighty Tower of Power. Of course, Larry Bragg's on lead. Who discovered Larry Bragg's? I did. He was playing some club on Fisherman's Wharf. I told Tower of Power, listen, this guy can really sing. Oh, really? You think so? Yeah. He stayed with him 12 years. I never got a cut of that check. Larry, you send me the check. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing, MMA. Now we take it across the pond to the UK and bring in a guy that I've been going back and forth with for a couple of years to talk about Kenny Rainford. Kenny, how's life treating you? Life's good, life's good, Pedro. How are you? I'm doing just fine, man. Tell me about t- tell me about UK boxing. What's happening in the UK? I mean, outside of of Anthony Joshua. And do you think he's really the re- do people in the UK think he's the real deal after getting knocked out by that fat guy?
20: No. Anthony Joshua to me, with no disrespect to any any former Pfizer, Anthony Joshua to me is a poor man's Frank Bruno
5: whoa and expand on that of course frank bruno twice challenged for the world heavyweight championship and folded both times the second time bruno was scared to death i was at that fight the second when he fought tyson the second time he was he was scared to death in fact we shared a first class seat frank funny brought that up frank bruno and i sat together in first class coming from las vegas to san francisco the day after the fight me him and his wife so that was an experience but yeah he was he was scared to death but you know you can't really fault guys of being scared of mike tyson i mean you know that's that he's he was a different animal back then
20: oh yeah i mean you know uh frank was frank and you know he stepped up to the plate you know he he eventually got there with oliver mccall but against tyson he failed down to his 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 physical disadvantages with mike being a sharper guy and and you know, just just a so much better fighter. But back back to Anthony Joshua. Joshua for me, there's two fighters out there you can't beat. One is Deontay Wilder and the other one is Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury beats them all with his size and his style. And, you know, if Andy Ruiz had a trained probably Ruiz would have beaten him as well. I I believe in the rematch.
5: Auntie Louise. Auntie Louise. I don't call him Andy Ruiz. I call him Auntie Louise. Listen, I can't <laughs> imagine. I saw pictures of him with cocaine in front of him and that kind of good stuff, like, like six, seven, eight weeks before the fight. Then people were telling me, man, the guy's fat as a pig. I said, oh, come on. He's defending the World heavyweight Championship. He's got to have some pride. Then I found out he showed up to
20: Camp Kenny weighing 317. It's disgusting. I mean, I it's it's horrific. The guy's got, without a doubt, talent. And to see it wasted like this in this day and age, you know, you know, I was brought up on the golden era of boxing, 60s and 70s and 80s. And, you know, I heard you talking about Alexis Aguayo and Pryor and stuff before, you know, then them them guys, when when they were at the peak of the game, they they dreamt, slept at boxing. Mm -hmm. There was nothing else for them, you know, And, and and all them guys, Larry Holmes, who's a very dear friend of mine, Joe Frazier, Ken Norton, they all went into a camp and lived the life diligently for 6, 8, 10, 12 weeks, whatever the camp was. And they they, they didn't they didn't break any camp rules. They had hardened trainers, hardened conditioners. You know, it was so much different. Now, it, it's, it's some of these camps, they're not camps, they're holiday camps
5: yeah i went, I went to a few camps and I spent a couple camps with Ray Leonard in fact the second uh, Hearns fight. He and I were down there for like 15 20 almost 20 days together um in Florida and you know he he was totally in, i mean he was it was it was nothing but this fight. there was nothing but nothing on his mind but this fight. and today's fighters, per se you know they're on the internet and they're doing this they're doing that, and plus, I don't think any of them could go 15 rounds.
20: No, impossible you know impossible you yeah. know they went on about Sir joshua Klitschko being one of the greatest heavyweight fights ever yeah it was it was a good fight but let's let's just back up a bit does it compare to a holmes norton not even close you know does it compare to ollie Frazier one not even close you know the, the people people jump on the bandwagon and try and build up these modern day fighters but you know they're so slow and sluggish and one-dimensional, and it, it, it's it's wrong to to even categorize. They're so much bigger, yeah. But are they better fighters? No, I don't think so. Not even not 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 even close.
5: Okay, Kenny Rainford from the UK is our guest, uh, retired professional boxer. Why is it that all right? Uh, why is it there aren't any teachers anymore? I mean, when I look back at things, I think of 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 Ray Arcel and Freddie Brown and, and people oh, like legend. that. You know, and maybe Angelo to an extent. And, of course, guys out here on the West Coast, I can't think of his name right now, but his face is right in front of me. Anyway, the bottom line is these guys were like, they were into their fighters. It was, I mean, I remember Eddie Futch telling me one time, I said, sat him down, I said, to him, why did you, I said, because I couldn't let Joe go out for that last round against Ali. He goes, he wanted to go out really, really, I mean, he really wanted to go out. He goes, but I couldn't let him go. He goes, he goes, I had his life in my hands. You know, yeah. and, and that's the way you should look at it. Most cornermen don't look at it that way. Most of these guys are so brave. In fact, this UFC crap—have you ever seen a towel thrown in the UFC fight? Never.
20: No, no. I mean, a, a real good trainer who sadly passed away a number of years ago was Bill Slayton. Yeah, and I—I I, I was privileged to speak with Eddie Futch at length for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were mentioning in the show, I believe, earlier about Panama Lewis and. He was training or he had some something to do with Mike McCallum when I was in the in the top rank gym there. And I got to spend a week with Eddie, Eddie Foot talking about um, you know, the fact that he he'd sparred with Joe Lewis and he'd seen every every great fighter from Joe Lewis right, right up to the modern day. And I asked him where he raised Larry Holmes and he, he he just he he said Larry is a talent that has been oversighted by the fact that he came Right behind Muhammad Ali, you mm-hmm. know, and he he just couldn't rave enough about Larry. And we got talking about different fighters. You talk about a great trainer. Is it you probably heard this story before? But Eddie um, Eddie was training Kenny Norton in about I think it was about 1970 71 around there. And uh, my buddy, who you know, Ernie Shavers, came to town looking for some sparring. And uh, Ernie ended up sparring with Big Mac Foster. And they, they put the 20 ounce gloves on Ernie. And I forget what round it was second or third round they were sparring. And Ernie come inside of Mac Foster, threw a left hook to the body, left hook to the head, and a right hand, and knocked Mac Foster clean out. Uh, so they were looking for more sparring partners. And Eddie had been watching Ernie spar. And they said, Hey, what about sparring the big guy, Kenny, Kenny Norton? And Eddie Foote says, No. Kenny wanted to spar. Kenny was up for sparring, but Eddie said, No, no, he ain't five. He ain't sparring my fight. He has a fight next week, blah, blah, blah. He went on to tell me it was an excuse because he had seen the styles. Kenny's style was all made for Annie, and Ernie was was just not made for Kenny at all. Mm-hmm. So right right from the get go, Eddie told me I always said to Kenny Norton, no matter what stage your career, beginning, middle, or end. Never fight this guy. He's all wrong for you. Your your, your style is made for him, and he he punches so hard. It's gonna be you're gonna be risking a certain certain loss fighting him. And how true it was.
5: He's the only guy I've heard of in boxing history where you can see his punch coming and still get knocked down by it. In other words. Uh, you you know yourself that if you see a punch coming for ninety nine point nine point nine percent of the time, you can uh, maybe it hurts you, but you can you you're still standing. Okay, um, yeah. then when you you get hit with a shot, you don't see it.
20: flights out. Oh yeah, without a dose. Without a doubt. Okay,
5: um, let's talk about Alan Minter. Of course, he, uh, the the ex middleweight champion passed away recently. Of course, he was a class act. The two times that I was in the UK, I got to meet him one time, and he treated me like I like like I was his friend. I mean, he was a nice guy.
20: I, I knew, met Alan numerous times. hadn't seen him in a couple of years. Alan was a nice jovial guy. Um, you know, he like you know in in retirement he liked to drink and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. you know that's that's his doing. That's his, that's, that's his, his, his thing, you know, but he was always very polite and courteous around me. I knew him many, for many, many years. We met at the WBC, uh, convention in 2012, I think it was. And uh, over here when they had all the champions over, we mm-hmm. had a great time, very polite guy, very, very sad, um, to see him die at such a young age by today's standard, 69 of cancer. Yeah, you know- um, he's very fond of playing golf. um, and, you know, I don't know if you know as well, Pedro, sadly, we've heard that a uh, uh, former world welterweight world champion Lloyd Honigan suffered uh, a heart attack today, uh, y- yesterday.
5: That must have been when he realized he lost to Jorge Vaca. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to tell you like this, Kenny, you know, you and I both could beat Jorge Vaca, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at him. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're not bragging or boasting, folks. I mean, talent level, Jorge Vaca was never there. I don't know. I still can't figure out how Honey can, how Honey can lost him.
20: Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe it was partying in the, in the, in the gym on. And- not taking him too seriously, I don't know, you know, like, like, you know, how can you go from beating Donald Curry to losing Zivaka, you
5: know? That's exactly what I'm trying to say. You know, you brought up Eddie Futch, I don't know if you know this, but the guy that runs, Mo- that ran Motown Records, that started Motown Records, Barry Gordy was a professional boxer, I think he was 11-3 and three with a with a draw and like 4 or 5 knockouts, but Eddie Futch used to train him. He's still alive. He turned 90 at a birthday party um, last September, I think, or something like that. And Lenny Williams went. But Lenny said that Barry Gordy at 90 years old was the life of the party, dancing, having a good time, having a few drinks, a whole nine yards. He's still rock and rolling. I hope I can rock and roll at 90 like
20: that. I'd just like to guess at 90, let alone rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Now, how many fights did you have? Um, well I I had uh, I think it was f- about 15 professional fights something like that 12 15 professional fights uh, but then I went on on the uh on the semi professional circuit just to keep me hand in uh, I ended up doing exhibitions with Tim Witherspoon um stuff like this you know mm-hmm. and you know I still train as you probably know to the, even to this yeah. day you know I enjoy me I enjoy me training like uh me you know too. like you know, I, I really love it. It's still good. I jog about twice a week. I at the gym three, four times a week. I have one day off. You know, I, it's just part of my life now. You know, from from the age of, um, I guess, about 10 or 11, when I first walked into an, a gym, I just felt there was something there, you know, that, uh, that eventually I would uh, progress to. I mean, I never made it by any stretch of the imagination, but I've been very, very blessed to have met the people that you know I've met you know I can I can call Larry I speak to Larry Holmes every week or every two weeks we're fan friends we train together for a week I fourth on his bill Uh, great achievements you know any any shavers a very very dear friend of mine always has been always will be you know uh, Kenny Norton Joe Frazier they're all friends uh, can I you know, can, James
5: I, can I can I interrupt you to tell you a Ken Norton story before my old senile ass forgets? Okay, so we're, we're together. Ken Norton. I've I put I put together Harold Smith and I put together this this parade of champions. It was going to be Ken Norton, uh, George Foreman, Muhammad Ali, and there was I think there was a four. I can't remember who the third guy was. Anyway, but the bottom line is. Norton is giving Ali a bad timing like this. He's really bitter. I mean, we're, I'm trying to get these guys to talk to each other and he's really bitter. He's really being, he's being an ASS. You know what I mean? So anyway, yeah, yeah. um, so Ali looks at him and I, we're about to go through, go on the stage. We're in the green room and we're about to go on stage. And I said, come on, you guys chill, you know, cause you can just feel the tightness you know what I'm saying just chill. Larry Holmes was there as well. And, um, and Ali realizes the situation, what's going on. So he leans over to Norton. He goes, hey, champ, you know that last fight? I think you may have got the better of it that night. And Norton starts crying right then and there. We're about to go out. The music is playing. I'm supposed to bring these guys out on stage. And I got Ken Norton crying. Yeah. You know, I mean, because
20: he was. How, cause, did you, how did you score that fight, Pedro? I, I thought Norton won it.
5: I'm not, you know what? I, I don't remember scoring that fight, but I, I thought the. Uh, I thought that Ali was way past his peak at that point in time, and he had no business in a professional boxing ring. I mean, you look at the Muhammad Ali that, fought, that, 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 that tried to fight Leon Spinks the first time and the second time. Good Lord, he could barely put two punches together, and he had a physical at the Mayo Clinic for the Larry Holmes fight in 1980. They, they, they took him to the Mayo Clinic because the Nevada Commission wouldn't approve him. They took him to the Mayo Clinic, and he couldn't touch his finger to his nose, and they gave him a boxing license.
20: Yeah, Pedro, it was it was sacrificial to let Ali fight Holmes and Berry. Yeah. Okay, he wasn't he wasn't that great against Spinks, but to win the title for the third time, that was the perfect curtain goal. Get out and stay out. You know yeah. that for me, as a young man, as a young kid, uh, I was 12 years of age when he fought Leon Spinks the second fight, and where I lived, when he, I mean, he he, he never won the fight dramatically or nothing. He just pecked and poked his way through the fight. The one thing he did, he danced for 15 rounds. But that fight was the perfect curtain call.
5: Good point. Kenny, I thank you for your time. God bless. We'll be talking real soon. And bottom line is, I really thank you for spending some time with us on Ring Talk Live Worldwide, bringing us your boxing resume and your acumen. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts, man. Good luck to you.
20: Thank you very much.
5: Kenny Rainford on Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Mm -hmm.
1: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
10: Let's
8: get out of this hot sun into a nice, cool bar.
14: In a few minutes, honey.
2: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. 37 years of radio. Did I think I
5: do radio this long? Actually, I did it to show I could do it. It was like a dare type of thing to somebody. So I thought I could do it. I did it. And we fell into a niche. And before you knew it, we were syndicated in like 1992 or 1990. And the bottom line is we've been looking in the rearview mirror since then. But the bottom line is I thank you so much for people tuning in like <clears throat> Ron Wong from South San Francisco. He's been with me since the start, man. Ronnie and I. Ronnie's tight. Now, <clears throat> want to get off on a negative just for a second before we close the show. <clears throat> My friend's mother, Olivia Mazervi, has been in a a senior citizen's home. You know, she's got bad health. She had a stroke. So she's been taken care of for like the last couple of years. And her care has been pretty good. I mean, I go visit her often until the virus came out. I I was visiting her like two, three times a week sometimes. Anyway, she was my therapist, my my Hebrew therapist, my free Hebrew therapist. All it cost cost me was a cup of coffee and a couple of McGriddles. Anyway, I found out this morning she tested positive for the coronavirus. She's like 90 years old. I mean, this is like the worst news I could ever get at this point in time. I'm just hoping that that all works out well. She doesn't show any symptoms now at all, but the bottom line is, this is not good news. Anyway, Ring Talk Live Worldwide ends on a positive note. I thank you so much for spending some time with me. Of course, 37 years now of knocking out all bums, often imitated, but never duplicated. That is me. My name is Pedro Orfanez. Now, you may think I'm humble, but no, I'm not. I've been knocking out all bums for 37 years. I've had to do this for another 37 years. At the end of the day, you know this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide, Saturday and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific time on Sports SportsBotline. Until next time, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
3: Cause I love you so